Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com slash hustleshare to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Tacash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash tagcash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. Welcome to the 11th edition of the Hustle Share Playbook. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. And this playbook is powered by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this playbook contains not tip for work language. So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this, because today we're going to be talking about the much dreaded due diligence in the process of fundraising for a startup. And to tackle this playbook will be my co-founder in Podcast Network Asia, attorney Joseph Acuna. And this is one of those playbooks that we've always wanted to do because we need to educate more founders about this topic. Now, before we get into the meat of due diligence, 
Joseph is going to tell us exactly what you need to prepare before the process happens and what are the three types of due diligence that an investor has to do in order to invest in a company. And make sure to take down notes because Joseph is going to tell us the common pitfalls that startup founders usually go through in this process. But on the flip side, he's also going to teach us how do you know that you've already done due diligence the proper way. So if you're ready to learn how to prepare for due diligence, let's begin this playbook right now. Welcome to the latest playbook of the Hustle Share podcast. This is a very weird playbook because I've had this guy before. I think you were my third or fourth episode, so I can't remember. But the last time you were here, we were not even working together. And today, I talk to you more than I talk to anybody else in my daily life. But it's important that we talk about this because a lot of brothers and sisters have fallen into this trap so many times. But before I get carried away, I'd like to welcome my co-founder and my guest today, Attorney Joseph Acuna of Podcast Network Asia. Woo-hoo! Woo-woo! Woo-woo! Hello, okay. hello. All right. So again, Joseph, welcome to the show. It is so weird having you here and we're talking like this. But <laughs> again, the sole purpose of this episode is to walk people through how to properly prepare for this thing called the double D. It's called due diligence. So before we get carried away, um, uh, Joseph, what's our play today? Okay, so basically it's due diligence, um, the very meat of getting investors. Um, while on our end or on your end as the startup founder, mm-hmm. of course you'd want to try to give your best foot forward. Um, mm-hmm. It's the due diligence where the investors will actually look underneath your skirt, so to speak. Correct. Now, that doesn't sound right because there's a lot of rape jokes. But again, we hope we can do some other <laughs> better jokes, Joseph. What the fuck? So, all right. So, here's the thing. When you say look under the skirt, you know, and let me just provide context, right? In a fundraising process, we've had a playbook here of how to properly do pitching, how to do fundraising. There's, if you want to check that out, just look back. Any playbook, we've had that before. Now, this is what happens before you get that check, right? When somebody technically says yes, they don't just cut you a goddamn check like what you see in Shark Tank and whatnot. There's so much more. And the real, ha- the, the real fight happens uh, during this period. This is the make or break. Now, Joseph, my first question is, before someone goes to do gil- to, to due diligence, what should they have in their back pocket in order to get this done right? Okay, um, the very first thing, of course, you need to have a term sheet. Okay, basically, term sheet? yeah. Okay, term sheet, um, it's, the, it's the basic document. It's the general terms and conditions of the investment of the investor. Okay. So it's a one to two pager document that says how many shares, for what amount, mm-hmm. and then your promises. What are your promises to the investors that okay. they will acquire X number of shares, etc.? So, so basically, <laughs> That's, the, that's basically the terms of the game. And the, the most important things in a term sheet, are, I guess, would be the valuation, obviously, right? And, and whatnot. Of course. But again, that's also where negotiation comes in. What are the th- who, who does the term sheet? Because if you're a novice startup founder or a first-time startup founder, I remember the term sheet that I first got, I did not prepare that because I had no idea how to fucking do it. 
But if you are going to do the term sheet, who should do that? Is it the investor or is it the startup founder? It depends, actually. Um, the, the general rule I always tell clients is that ideally you should have your own term sheet. It's easier to negotiate when you have everything you want up front versus trying to counter-negotiate afterwards. So ideally, you offer the term sheet at the onset. And also, um, it leaves a good impression to the investors that you're actually ready. You know? Now, if you're, again, totally new, how the hell do you create this one? And who are the people? Because, again, this is a legal document. You can't just fucking Microsoft Word this one. You need to have a proper execution on this because, again, the term sheet is... The most important thing, I mean, item number one, but there's so much more you need to do. So who does this for you technically if you're a startup founder? Well, usually um, you get a lawyer to do it for you. But even if you get a lawyer, technically speaking, it's still the founder who who gives the meat of the term sheet because it depends on the commercial terms. Got it. Now, what are the things that should be there? Uh, Rule of thumb that should... Uh, be in a good term sheet because a, a lot of people, you know, uh, miss out on this. You know, they got someone to say yes and they don't have a fucking term sheet. It's like someone who is willing to marry you and you don't have a ring. <laughs> How the fuck are you going to do that? But um, what are the things that are very important when you create a term sheet? Okay, so as you said earlier, of course, valuation, which is the most important thing. How many shares are you willing to sell and at what price? That's the, more, that's the most important part of the equation there. And then after that, you have to look into warranties. Warranties are promises that you're giving the investor. So just as an example, to illustrate, um, you warrant that you have 2,000 shares. Okay. And then out of the 2,000 shares, you only issued 1,000, mm-hmm. therefore giving another 1,000 for investors to come in. So yeah. warranties are your promises about your company. Okay. Got it. So, All right. Yeah. Now, in that said, so you have the term sheet down pat, right? Now, I remember one thing that Kickstart always told me before. Um, a term sheet, most of the time, is non-binding. What does that mean? Yes, um, term sheet is not binding, but you have to consider that it's practically a gentleman's agreement. It locks up the basic terms and condition of the deal. Mm-hmm. But again, it is subject to what they call the due diligence, as we are about to discuss, and the execution documents. So those are two things. So after, due di- so after signing the term sheet, the investor will look into the company if what you promise him is actually true. And then after that, there are execution documents, which are the, you know, the actual investment document, which is the subscription agreement and the shareholders agreement and things like that. Okay. So, so it's just one step towards closing the deal. So technically, you do the DD first, or the due diligence before you get a, a, a founder to do, I mean, uh, for an investor to do a term sheet, or is it you do a term sheet first and then you do a due diligence? You do a term sheet first. Basically, you lock down the prices. You lock down the number of shares to issue. Mm-hmm. The basic terms, you lock it out. Mm-hmm. But the execution or the closing of the deal is subject to the following conditions. Okay. So subject to looking into the books, looking into the financials, looking about the legality of the company and things like that. It's practically, in layman terms, it's CI or background investigation. Mm. That's practically that part. So, you know, you already signed you already signed the loan agreement, but the bank will still do a background check if what you what you indicated in the forms are actually correct. 
or a KYC. Like that. Some people are like, no, your KYC. Customer. Yeah, right. Correct. Okay. Correct. So, yeah. all right. Say I'm a startup founder. I was lucky. I was able to get the 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 the, the investor to say yes, and he even signed the term sheet. Now what? Now this is not due diligence yet because again, that's just step number zero, not even step one. Now after term sheet, what happens next? So after term sheet, the next step would usually be the investor will ask for your corporate documents. Okay. At the end of the day, they will invest in the company by most most likely by buying shares in the company. That's yeah. the usual route. All right. So the first thing is, are you really incorporated? Is it there. an actual entity? Boom. And this is, guys, I don't want to shit on anyone, but this is where a lot of founders uh, uh, fuck up on. All right. A lot of founders want to raise, but you cannot give. Remember, when someone is investing, they're not giving you just money for nothing, right? They're buying physical shares of your company. Now, if you're not incorporated, what the fuck are they buying, right? So make sure before you even fundraise, you have to have to be at least incorporated somewhere, whether Philippines, Singapore, fucking Cayman Islands, wherever. I don't care. But you have to be incorporated, correct? Yes, but in fairness, there are a lot of deals, especially in the Philippines, wherein... We sign the dotted line and then one of the undertakings or promise you do to the investors is that they won't issue the check until you set up your company. Mm. It happens a lot in the Philippines. It. So it's 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 quite common, but of course it doesn't really it doesn't really look that well for the investor that you're not really ready. You're practically you know, you're practically selling air. So it's not a good look. Exactly. And also the 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 more you delay this to is uh, the longer you're going to take and get that money, right? And again, th- these are demerits also <laughs> that you, you're not going to get. So, okay, you have to be incorporated. Now what? What else? Uh, is it uh, the next one? I have a couple of lists here. What What do you uh, need to show next? Okay, so, well, depending on how long the company has been operating, but most of the time, okay, let's split it into three runs so that it's easier. So you do the... You have a legal due diligence, so that's the part where you give the legal documents. Okay. That's where you give the incorporation, the business permits, and things like that. Okay. And then you have a financial due diligence. That's right. the part, if you've already operated by more than a year, you most likely have a financial statement, so you'll give the investor that. You give the investor a cap table. What um, is a cap or, table? So yeah, the cap table is practically a list of the shareholdings of the company and who owns it. Got it. So that's basically a, it. A, a ledger or a list of who yeah. is a shareholder and how much do they own. Now, again, yes. this is also another common pitfall that people usually uh, make a big mistake on, right? If you happen to be uh, sharked out too early. And again, shout out to a uh, startup founder. Uh, they, someone messaged the Hustle Share uh, Facebook uh, chatbot in m.me slash Hustle Share powered by chatbot ph. I want to flex that. Um, it's like, hey, uh, on playbook number one, you mentioned that you have to have 67% before you even raise Series A. And I said, yes, you have to. Because if any, if you own lesser than that, nobody would want to come in. And that would be reflected in the cap table. I don't, I'm not going to divulge why. So you have to listen to playbook number one. But is, this is where they see that, right? And this is also what's going to make and break how you're going to do fundraising now and in the future. Correct, Joseph? Correct. And one more thing, when you look at the cap table, you know who actually owns the company. 
So for the investor's perspective, you know, he, he might be just dealing with one of the minor shareholders instead of the major shareholder, meaning you're not talking to the top, you know, the top people in the company. So it gives that impression or are you, you know, polit- some investors look into what they call um, if, if you're politically connected because sometimes they don't want to touch, you know, companies that are, you know, linked to some politicians and things like that so, or Delawan, whatever yeah things like things like that yeah because there, i mean on the practical side of it there are implications you know elections and things like that right, the right. pressure from the outside and things like that so they that's part of the due diligence so on the financial due diligence they want to look who owns the company they you know they might end up not talking to the right people they have to talk to so that's it and the last part what would it be before i take a break with you Okay, sorry. Um, so okay, the the last part of due, the last portion of the due diligence is the operational due diligence. Mm-hmm. They'll practically look at the you know type of business you're running if it's really feasible. And this is the portion also where they try to look or dig deeper to who the founders are. Most of the time, especially in the Philippines, investors invest in people, not really in the company. Correct. So they look into that. Yeah. How do? Uh, well, well, before we get to in, into that deep. We need to take a break because we need to fi- pay our sponsors for our payroll, Joseph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Joseph of Podcast Network Asia. Again, my co-founder. Again, I'm, I'm very lucky because 
though uh, Joseph and I have gone like uh, known each other technically for almost ten years now, uh, when we first met, Joseph was actually my core sec. Or he was our the the guy who took care of all this stuff, and then eventually, uh, in this iteration, this new, in this new reiteration of our lives, right, we're now co-founders. So. And through him, I learned all of this stuff. And I want to be able to share this with all new founders again because it's not common that you get the sound advice. And even though I had him on my side, I was a stubborn son of a bitch, still, still made a ton of big mistakes even with him advising me. So I'm just trying to help you out. Okay. <laughs> Remember <laughs> those days? Those have? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was an idiot, right? You can't just be just uh, be like Cardo Lelisai and just be running your company based on on virtues alone okay now joseph before the break you said that there are three uh parts of due diligence operational financial and then the legal right now um once you have all of this walk us through the process of what really happens and what are the most crucial parts of due diligence here because this doesn't happen overnight this may take months and some startups they might be on the brink of dying when this happens. So you, as in, in a startup's point of view, you want to get this done as quickly as possible. Okay, so usually on my end, what I look into usually is the legal due diligence, of course, and some operational due diligence. Okay. Um, on the financial due diligence, basically they look at, well, they look at three things, projections, valuations, and cap table. That's it. Well, that's the usual thing they look into. So, be ready for your projections, how much you'll earn on the next five years, next six months, next 12 months. Know the numbers. That's very important as part of your due diligence. And of course, the valuation. How much are you selling your company for? Right. Um, and then, of course, as we discussed earlier, the cap table. Um, how many shares can you actually sell? If you sell enough shares, how much will you be diluted? And things like that. So that's the financial due diligence. Legal due diligence as we discussed also earlier, mm -hmm. if the company is existing already, that's the number one, okay? Number two, they have to, well, the investor will also look into the legality of the business. Yeah. Um, we've had some investments before with my clients that upon due diligence, we'd realize that there are some issues with the terms of use, with the use of you know, data privacy issues about selling the, mm -hmm. the data of the users and things like that. So we we hit the brakes and step out of that deal. You know, things like that. Um, that's part of the legal due diligence. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, um, so usually what happens is that we give you a list of documents. The investor will look at all those documents you'll give us. Usually there's a checklist. And then we'll confirm it individually also. So you give us a certificate from the SEC. We actually go to the SEC to check if it's actually true. Mm -hmm. You give us a business permit. We actually look if it's true. You say that your biggest client is, you know, let's say Chatbot PH. We go to, we try to call Chatbot PH to check if, oh, are they really your suppliers and things like that. So that's part of the due diligence. Um, it's practically CI or background investigation. So we check if all the disclosures you made to us, all the promises you made to us are true. Okay. Now let's talk about the hard stuff. Because again, a lot of men... Uh, have gone to this phase but not all walked out alive. What are the common pitfalls that you've seen happen before and are continuously being done? Be, uh, and how do, the, uh, how do these uh, startup founders avoid making that same mistake? 
Okay, um, as discussed earlier also, the structure of the company, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, the usual pitfall um, in these type of transactions is that you've already done your pitch, you've, you've done the modeling of the company, you, you've done the whole nine yards. But then once the investor comes in, he won't be able to issue the check because there's, no, there's not even a bank account to put the check in. So yeah. the, the first step is to incorporate. Um, with the regulatory landscape now, we have one-person corporation. We, mm-hmm. we have a lot easier of structures. We can, it's a lot easier now. It's not really that expensive, but the maintenance is actually a little bit, you know, a, a little bit um, expensive and time-consuming. But mm-hmm. if you're going to get into investor, if you're going to go to investors, that's very important. At least be incorporated at the onset. Okay. So that's the number one pitfall. Yeah. Second one, the, uh, it's another one that I always see. Uh, and again, this also might refer back to uh, step zero, which is uh, valuation, right? And this is where a lot of deals really fall into to the cracks because uh, founder X thinks they're valued at this and they can't defend it while the investor is on the other side of the polar, polar ecosystem. Well, how, how do you properly make sure that the valuation you threw, you threw out there is defendable and actually feasible? The, the hard part with valuating um, or valuing startup companies is you're, you're actually buying future. You're not buying the, the, the income now. You're buying the income two years, three years, five years from now. So it depends on how you present it. Um, aside from valuation though, one thing that people forget is the use of the proceeds. They call it use of or use of proceeds. Um, it's one thing to ask for a million for 5%, let's say. But the question that an investor will always ask is, what will you do with the 1 million? And that's part of their due diligence. So you have a million, what will you do with that? Will it double your sales? Will it double the, you know, the growth of your company? Mm-hmm. All with, or has it plateaued already? Mm-hmm. So that's part of the financial due diligence. They'll look into it by infusing X amount of you know, USD what is the growth that we will anticipate? Because at the end of the day, as an investor, I would want some return on my money. So if my money will just plateau at this point, even without my money, what's the point of investing? So let's put it in stocks or whatever, right? Uh, or yeah. put it in bonds. You know, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Or be a loan shark. <laughs> okay. Now, aside from valuation, you saw, is there anything that you people usually forget? that oh shit uh, and what usually causes the delay of the back and forth but again it just gets grueling sometimes right say so if someone says yes it might take a quarter or two if you're not diligent enough to do your homework to get that check okay this next illustration is actually quite common but mm-hmm. they seldom talked about one thing that you know when we start a company we usually get friends and you know relatives to be our shareholders especially before that we had to have five at least five shareholders yeah one pitfall that happens is usually is that of course when doing these type of transactions you need signatures of everyone yes oh my god i remember this just yes <laughs> we went through this joseph it's not pan fucking <laughs> signature hunters right yeah oh my so, god so so especially if you've been, you know, very 
very loose when it comes to giving out shares. So when you incorporated, you gave 20% to your neighbor, you gave 20% to your ex-girlfriend. You know, at the end of the day, once you start closing a deal, it's hard to actually go back to them and tell them that, can you sign this term sheet? Can you sign this transfer of shares and things like that? So that's usually one of the pitfalls, but it's not really part of the due diligence, but it's before due diligence. Once you incorporated, you have to think about these things. Are they easy to get? to sign documents are they accessible or you know i had a client before that one of their i think the guy was a 30 percent shareholder okay. suddenly migrated to cebu <laughs> oh my god so so we we were having a hard time trying to get signatures to close the transaction right, right. so you know in so the those, philippines they yeah. need physical signatures of all pages Oh my yes, God. actually, that's one of the, the, the downside of setting up in the Philippines and getting investors in the Philippines. It has to be physical signature. It has to be notarized. So at least in practice. So yeah, that's a usual pitfall. That's something that people often neglect, you know, just getting people in the company and things like that. So yeah, um, you, you have to be wary of that also. Now, in terms of the term sheet, right? So in the worst, worst, worst case scenario, um, say there's too much back and forth, took forever. Is there an expiration date of how a term sheet can expire? And they're like, all right, no more deal, took forever, right? Uh, has there been issues like that where okay, you you dilly dallied uh, enough, then now you don't you don't get anything. Usually, we put a period in the term sheet. So it's more of you have to close after X number of days. But more than the expiration of the term sheet, there's usually an expiration of an, a certain undertaking. Okay. So going back to the illustration earlier, you weren't able to incorporate. And one of your promises is before I issue the check, you have to incorporate. Mm -hmm. And then you promise that it will be done in 30 days. Okay, so for or, or maybe another example will be a, lo a, a lot of your shares have been lodged to, you know, a former neighbor. You promise the investor that, oh, within 15 days, I'll be able to transfer all of the shares back to me so that I'll be selling, I'll be able to sell it to you. So while there's no, it's not, they're not really as strict when it comes to the expiration of the term sheet. Mm -hmm. Usually the expiration of the undertakings or the promises. Mm -hmm. That has to be fulfilled. They're very strict about that. Correct. Okay. Now good. Now now let's look at the bright side before we I let you go and we go to uh, you know uh, hustling again. How do you know <laughs> if you're already past the DD? What are the things that you know? All right, I I've, I passed it finally with flying colors. I can now. With what? What's the end game of of you finally finally passing the DD? And what 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 should uh, you have in hand the, when you have that done. Okay, so this is usually the part of the term sheet that they call the closing documents. Got it. Basically, at the end of the day, you need to have a check on your hand. Boom. And the then most beautiful the thing in fundraising, the, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> the most beautiful thing in fundraising. Yeah. The investor should be holding a subscription agreement or a Got stock it. certificate. It's what you sold. So basically, it's what you sold. So. Right. At that point, it's a done deal. I mean, you're, you're practically done with it. There are times when they actually issue the check even before closing, but that seldom happens. Usually, the moment you get the check, the moment they get the certificates, you're done. You can move on to operating your company again. There you go. Again, Attorney Joseph, thank you very much for being on Hustle Share. Woo! <laughs> 
thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. All right, now before I let you go, invite people over. What do we have in Podcast Network Asia now? There's just new things that uh, this Ronster Bait Young is talking about all over the place. What is this? Okay, so aside from our usual shows that we produce, uh, we just launched uh, recently Podmetrics, our platform for analytics for all podcasters and those who aspire to be podcasters. It bas- basically it makes their lives a lot easier by giving them all the info they need for them to produce better content. Got it. And where do they go if they want to check out this Podmetrics thing? They go to podmetrics.co. And then oh. everything's there. Co. And then there's a video there. There's a how-to there. Everything. And then, of course, there's a you know there's an about us page. Uh, they can ask if they have further questions. And they can always go to Ron Bai Chong to ask yeah, how yeah. to set up their accounts and things like that. <laughs> or enough flexing. This is how I lose listeners. <laughs> okay, again, Joseph, thank you very much. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast after listening to. And if you did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on the hustleshare.com website. And if you do want to get involved in how we grow this uh, show, because very soon, I smell it. We're going to our 100th episode. And very soon, I'm going to drop bombs uh, in anticipation of that episode. But before that, uh, the last thing you need to do is go to the Hustle Share chatbot, just like that fellow who asked for advice at m.me slash hustle share powered by chatbot ph. Again, Joseph, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, and I'll see you guys in the next playbook. Peace. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. 
Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. 